the Kerry Ambassador Programme podcast series, introducing you to the community and industry leaders aiming to make Kerry a premier business event destination and a place to do business. is the founder of Aspen Grove Solutions, a company scaled from Tralee. He was CEO until recently and is now executive chair. He's been chair of the H-Band Kerry Angel Network, a founding member of Kerry SciTech and is involved with several voluntary organisations. Sean Ryan was named the 2023 Business Leader of the Year at the Business Leaders Gala, organised by the Kerry Innovation Centre. Sean, you're very welcome and congratulations on being chosen as one of the founding ambassadors in the Kerry Ambassador Programme. Thank you, Mary. It's great. And also another congratulations on winning the 2023 Business Leader of the Year Award at the Business Leaders Gala Dinner, which was organised by the Kerry Innovation Centre and sponsored by the Kerry County Council and EY Ireland earlier this year. I suppose maybe looking at some of the previous winners of that award, they include the founders of successful Kerry businesses that have gone on to huge success internationally, including Ned Harty of Dairymaster, Con and Ann Stack of Tricell, Fexco's Brian McCarthy and Monster Joinery's Donal Ring. How does it feel to be honoured with this award, given the calibre of the previous winners? Yeah, look, it was incredible, really. Probably one of the highlights of my career, being chosen as business leader in Kerry by your peers is something amazing. It was my All-Ireland, I suppose. You could almost put it that way. Um, but yeah, look, I was very proud, very proud of the team, of our customers and what we've built in Kerry. And it was a huge, huge moment and I'm delighted to have won it and um, being chosen. It was a humbling experience, but delighted. Mm-hmm. When you are in business, there can be tough times as an entrepreneur, but is it all the more worthwhile when you are honoured by your peers? It is, yeah. Look, and it's not, it, it's not just about me. I suppose it was about the team as well and my family all through the years and everybody else who's part of the story along the way. Um, so it kind of, in, in my mind, it's, it's for everybody. It's not just for me. And it was a huge honour for everybody on the night, I think, and, and the whole thing and just to be selected. And within that peer group as well, as you mentioned, is just fantastic. Yeah, it's a testament to everybody that's worked in Aspen over the years and got us to where we are. Mm-hmm. Like previous winners of the Business Leader of the Year Award, you've scaled and grown a global company here in Kerry. I know you've recently moved from the role of Chief Executive to Executive Chair and we'll get to that shortly. But maybe first of all, tell us about Aspen Grove and how did it all come about? An interesting story, probably reverse of what would be typical. I lived in Boston for six years, so the company actually started in Boston and I had a couple of business partners over there. Moved back to Ireland and left the company for a couple of years. Moved to Dublin, worked with Ericsson for a few years, but still had an ownership in it. We got some interest from a company called London Bridge in our technology and what we'd built. And so I started to go over and back to London to negotiate with them, even though I was still working with Ericsson at the time. And so eventually we decided we'd do a deal with London Bridge and that gave us some initial investment money. And I convinced my partners in the States to set up the development shop in Ireland. So I moved back to Kerry and set up here in Tralee based on that really, but always wanted to move back to Kerry. So it was kind of looking to try and find a way to move back to Kerry, but create a career for myself within the region. And so managed to do that with Aspen Grove. And will you tell us about the company then, what exactly you do? I suppose primarily we're a technology company and we build platform technology that enables us to map out 
customers' business process and help them run their businesses using our platform. And generally, it's it's situations where you've got thousands of transactions and each one of those transactions can take multiple paths. So we've created technology that enables the workflow of those paths through the technology platform to track everything and make sure everything is done in a timely fashion. And we've applied that use case primarily in the mortgage industry in the US where we work for some large financial institutions that have large volumes of properties that they have to maintain and are fiscally responsible for. To do that, they've got thousands of vendors across the states and they use our software for ordering and fulfillment of work on those properties. Simple things like cutting the grass or maintenance of their house or getting the roof fixed or things like that are all ordered and fulfilled through the application. And because the business rules in in the mortgage industry are quite complex and you've got all sorts of investors and different mortgage companies, the amount of money that's allowed to be spent on those things can be different. And every state has different legal and regulatory rules. So it gets really, really complicated. So we've developed technology that enables our customers to simplify that and manage it end to end. And then we've taken that use case and applied it to lots of different areas in the mortgage industry and in other areas. Okay, so the majority of your customers would be US-based then? Majority would be US-based, yeah. We had some business in the UK a number of years back that we sold off. We were doing time and attendance and on-site validation of training for construction sites. So we had about 200,000 construction workers on the system at one stage. But primarily today it's US-based. Okay, and tell us about the operations then. You have a large base here in Trilly, but you also have a base in the States. All of our development, all of our technology is run and managed and built out of Tralee. So we've got a lot of people around Tralee in the county and the region. And then in the US, we've primarily customer support. We did have a physical office in Frederick, Maryland, which we sold just when COVID kind of hit. So most of the people in the States now work from home. And it's worked out really well. So we timed it well, I think, in terms of COVID. So, yeah, most of the people in the States are either business development or customer care. And in Ireland, it's all technology and development and customer service and all of those elements that you need to run the business. And you mentioned about wanting to come back to Kerry to live here. Why did you think that Trilly was the right fit to develop Aspen Grove? Yeah, it was kind of one of those things, I suppose, the other way around to some degree. The motivation was to move back to Kerry. And so then the the challenge was to find a career that I could have in Kerry. So it was, it was that way rather than the other way around. I suppose when we first started in Tralee, we had a small office on Bridge Street. It was over lifestyle sports at the time. And we were running the business with ISDN lines. So it wasn't ideal at the start, but I knew the technology park was about to come on stream. So we were one of the first companies into the Kerry Technology Park. And once we got in there, it was really easy then to have all of the infrastructure needed to build a technology company from within the county and from within Tralee. So it was set up for us in that sense. And in fairness to Shannon Development, to invest in Technology Park back then and subsequently been absorbed by Enterprise Ireland, There was a great vision for Tralee and for the technology park and the infrastructure was in place to enable companies like us to grow and scale. And that's what really helped in the early days. Are there challenges then in running such a business, a business that you want to run on a global basis out of Kerry? Of course there are. In particular, I suppose market development is probably the biggest challenge. You have to be prepared to travel. If you don't live in the jurisdiction where you've got customers, then you've got to be prepared to travel. And so that is a big commitment. And, you know, going to the States once a month for a week, 10 days at a time over the early years and even recently is definitely something that you have to 
put up with. But at the same time, if you want to live and work in Kerry and build a global business and stay in Kerry, then that's what it's going to take. So the travel is probably the bigger thing. We've had senior people over the years in the US and we continue to use consultants and other third parties to help us grow and build a business. But you just got to get on that plane and get over there and, and do the business if you're not going to live there. Does it help having a third level institution in the town when it comes to attracting the right staff? Of course it does, yeah. So over the years we would have taken on a lot of graduates and we have graduate programmes and we have work placement programmes and a lot of our people would have come out of IT Trillino, MTU. And so, yeah, absolutely, it helps tremendously to have education close by and in the town. And we've also collaborated on some projects with the university over the years, probably not as much as I would like to have done, but um, definitely did some good projects over the years and continue to look at that as an option for other things that we want to do and invest in going forward. So absolutely, it helps to have a, a college locally. You've recently moved from the role of Chief Executive to Executive Chair of Aspen Grove with Mike McAuliffe taking over as CEO. Can you tell us about this decision? Yeah, so look, I've been kind of heading the business for 25, 26 years in one shape or another. And you always think about succession planning and, you know, what's the exit strategy? And Aspen, we've always tried to play the infinite game. There's a business guru called Simon Sinek. He talks about the infinite game. And the infinite game is you want to stay in the business and keep playing the game as opposed to maybe selling the business. And we've had lots of opportunity over the years, you know, where we've had people approach us about opportunities. But so far, we've taken the approach that we just want to continue and try and grow the business and invest heavily in the technology. But to make that work, you have to make sure that you've got good succession planning. And Mike has been working hard over the last few years to get himself into a position where he can take over as CEO. And that made my life an awful lot easier on a day-to-day basis over the last few years and now with him taking over. It then gives me the freedom to take on more roles or expansive roles or other types of roles that he might need me to do for him, business development, special projects. And we recently launched a new company called Shield Hub, which was a spin-out of Aspen. And so I'm involved in that. And then we've got one or two other projects that I'm still involved in. It also gives me some time to do some extracurricular stuff. So I'm involved, as you know, in a number of other boards outside of Aspen, including the Valencia Cable Foundation, Tech Industry Alliance and things like that. So I'm still pretty busy. And on Shield Hub then, can you tell us about the company? Yeah, so in the financial services world that I was talking about just there, the vendors or the people that are going to properties, our customers want to make sure that the neighbourhood is safe when somebody goes to a property. So we implemented a standardised criminal background check in the US, fit for purpose for people going into the field and going into neighbourhoods. And it is now widely used in the US mortgage industry as the de facto standard for vendors going to do work in a neighbourhood. Even if customers of ours aren't direct customers of Aspen Grove, they still use the standard for their network. And so when I looked around at this model at other industries, the model of a standardised check on a person just doesn't exist. For example, if you take even Uber and Lyft, which are the two taxi services in the US, they they both have different standards. And nobody knows exactly what's contained in that background check. So if you get into a car, Uber says they have a background check, of course, but you don't really know what that really means. Whereas in our case, we've built a standard that people can look at and reference and understand what it means. 
and for the vendors, for the people doing the work, they can get a single check as opposed to having to get multiple checks for every client. So we said, look, there's an opportunity here to take this broader than, than the field services. So we spun it out. We hired a CEO out of California, a guy called Shane Copeland, and we've hired a bunch of people and invested in the opportunity. And it's going pretty well. We've got a number of new clients signed up. We've just changed some of the underlying technology a bit this year and a new release coming out at the end of this month and that'll really allow it to scale. But really applying what we did in the mortgage industry to multiple industries is the idea. And that company is based entirely out of the States, is it? Well, we still do a lot of the operational and technical stuff in Tralee, but the CEO is US-based and his recent hires and other people are US-based as well. So it's a combination, but it's, it's an Irish company, but it's US-run and managed. And one of your sons is working for the company, so the next generation is getting involved. <laughs> That's right. My eldest is living in Boston, Michael, and he's a salesperson for Shieldtub. So, yeah, learning the ropes from the ground up. <laughs> you touched on it there. You give a lot back to the community in terms of volunteering. You're on the board of many projects, including the Valencia Cable Foundation. At a time when a lot of charities and organisations struggle to find people to volunteer, why do you believe it's so important to give back to do voluntary work? Look, I've got an awful lot out of Kerry and and living here and it's a fantastic place to live and grow up and to raise kids and to socialise and sport and everything. It's just, it's really good. So I, I feel it's important to try and give back if you can. And the best way that I can do that personally is by giving some of my time and maybe some expertise, I find. So I try and pick projects that are, I suppose, business oriented or have a business slant to them. Because my feeling is that a rising tide lifts all boats. People have heard me say that in the past. But if you can raise the economic environment in which we all live and create jobs and opportunities and employment, I think that helps the region. It helps Kerry, it helps Tralee and the county. So they're types of projects that I tend to like to get involved in. Something with a business orientation, but that helps the general economic outlook of the whole county. And the Valencia Cable Foundation, I know a lot of work has been going into that. You might just tell us a little bit more about that and I suppose the vision for it. Yeah, look, the ultimate vision is to get UNESCO World Heritage status for the Valencia Project in partnership with Hearts Content in Canada. So that process is slow. It takes a long time, years. So the next stage, I think, is a full application ready in, I think, about 12 14 months time and then after that it'll take another few years but in the meantime there's a lot of work going on in terms of acquiring land in Valencia parts of the ensemble that they call it there's a plan to do up this cable station and make it a digital hub and create an environment where companies can come and have retreats and use the facilities so it's in train there's a you know, significant number of people involved in the committee, on the board, working hard to try and get funding, but to try and raise the awareness of the project as well, get some government sponsorship for it. And in fairness, Kerry County Council have a huge, huge part and role to play in all of this. And they've recently advertised for a project manager for the project. So that will help tremendously as well. So, yeah, it's moving and it's great to be part of it. And it's just a phenomenal story. I was really drawn to the story of entrepreneurship. You know, they liken it to putting a man in the moon bringing the cable across the Atlantic in the 1860s and 1870s, failed many times, had to invent different types of wrapping for the cable and had to go back and get new investments. So it's just a phenomenal entrepreneurial story as well as everything else. So really drawn to it. And I think it'll be great for Kerry to have a second UNESCO site in the county and really help with drawing and attracting people to visit. 
you mentioned about liking a project that has a business interest. It's great for the Valencia Cable project to have the likes of you involved in it because of your background. But there's a lot of scope there for different kinds of projects in Kerry. There are so many great businesses and great business people here in Kerry. And if they could give their time to other such projects, it would really benefit them, wouldn't it? It would. And in fairness, there is an awful lot going on. There's a huge amount of mentorship going on. There's a lot of work going on with schools across the board. Most of the people that I know in business are very happy to give of their time when asked. Sometimes I think you just have to ask. So we do have a phenomenal county here. We do punch above our weight. There are some fantastic companies. There are some fantastic entrepreneurs. And hopefully we can get some more going. There's a very good startup scene. There's lots of people doing new things and inventing new things. So I'm very enthusiastic about the future in terms of Kerry and business and all of that because there's a lot of activity and it's fantastic to see. And you've previously been involved in the HBAN Kerry Angel Network. Has your own experience then of setting up a business here in Kerry been the driver for getting involved in those kind of businesses, you know, those early stage businesses that need investment? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, sometimes there's a gap in the funding, so you can kind of exhaust the Leo opportunity. And what you often find with new businesses is they have to pivot their their business. They learn by creating a product first and they test it and it doesn't really work and then they have to pivot. Sometimes they run out of money at that stage and good ideas die in the vine. So it's really important to have a stream of, of money flowing into new businesses and giving them the opportunity to create the business effectively and to fail maybe once or twice at a few things that they try. And of course, investors want to return as well. So it has to be in a controlled environment and HBAN was set up to create a network of angels that were willing to invest in new startups and take some additional risk perhaps. But there is a structure there to do some good due diligence and give the investors a return as well. So it works both ways. And ideally then some of these investors will give some time to these companies as well, maybe as uh, come on the board or be a mentor, etc. So I think it's a really good avenue for funds and expertise to flow into startup companies. You were one of the founding members of Kerry SciTech, which is now merged with IT at Cork and is the Tech Industry Alliance. Can you talk to us about the significance of having such an organisation here in Kerry? Yeah, it, we just uh, had the Tech Industry Alliance Awards Night in Cork and it was just a phenomenal event. About 350 people attended by some of the biggest businesses in Cork and Kerry. And it is a real showcase of what's fantastic about technology and technology companies in the Southwest. And I think it's really important to have these awards, to showcase these businesses. But it's not just about awards, it's about what goes on for the rest of the year. The networking events, the education opportunities provided to the companies, the mentorship that's provided. And the Tech Industry Alliance is really an umbrella organisation with, I think, over 250 members across the region to help those member companies in any way we can. And the merger has really brought the best of both companies. So Kerry SciTech had a fantastic HR forum, for instance, that now is part of Tech Industry Alliance. And then the Tech Industry Alliance had the awards night and the Tech Showcase. It's an annual event as well. And of course, we need to try and bring one or two of those events to Kerry now next year as part of that. And I think we will do that. But yeah, it's, it's important that the industry is supported by bodies such as the Tech Industry Alliance and people have somewhere to go to ask questions and get help. And what do you think of the scene here in Kerry at the moment when it comes to, to tech companies? How are we doing? Is there scope for us to, to get better, to attract more? Look, there's always scope to, to attract more. I, th- I think, you know, the RDI hub has been a fantastic addition to the to the county and there's a huge amount of startups in there. 
I think the Tom Crean Centre in the Kerry Technology Park has done some fantastic work and there's an opportunity there for companies to incubate and, and get the supports they need, have some desk space and there's a huge amount of expertise available to help companies. You've got the New Frontiers programme which is a really good program. It's, you know, run over a short period of time and pretty intense. So people really have to get their business ideas in check and come out of it at the other side, then with a good business plan and and a good pitch for investors or whatever they need. And so there's lots of supports available and it's a good time to be starting a business, I think. You know, plenty of opportunities. There's new technologies coming out every day. My focus, obviously, would probably more the technology-oriented companies, but there's plenty of opportunities for other companies as well. There's a lot of work going on in Kerry in kind of the biosphere. There's BioAtlantis is doing phenomenal work. There's some seaweed-based companies in Kerry. There's some food companies that are doing really well. So, yeah, it's a good time. It absolutely is a good time for entrepreneurs and business in Kerry. So we're here today to talk about the Kerry Ambassador Programme and you are one of the founding members of it. So the aim of the programme is to drive economic growth through business events and raise Kerry's profile as a global business hub. Can you tell us about your reaction to the setting up of this and wanting to get involved in it? Yeah, it was a bit of a no-brainer, really, because I think most of the people who were founding ambassadors were ambassadors for Kerry in any case. I think what this does is puts a little bit of structure around it and gives a bit more of an emphasis in terms of how we might attract events to Kerry. But most of the people that were founding ambassadors were already doing work to try and build and grow businesses in Kerry, I think. So it was a no-brainer to get involved, really. And it's kind of given me the impetus to say, OK, what could we attract to Kerry in terms of outside events? We're currently looking at bringing a golf event to Kerry based around our industry in the US. And we've sort of a test case for that coming up because we're involved in the US in this Samuel Waxman charity. And we've donated um, some rounds of golf in Kerry and flights and accommodation. And that's being auctioned at the Waxman event in New York. And they're doing it on a live auction and they hope to raise about twenty five to 30000 just on that. So that'll be a test case. We'll bring maybe eight people. And then 2025, we're looking at a, a bigger event to maybe bring 30, 40 people. And the help then that the Ambassador Programme gives to that and Becky and her team in Clarny give to that to help us organise the event is fantastic. So it's, it's a partnership really and a bit of a no-brainer. But the, the fact that it was set up and structured gives you a bit more impetus around trying to bring events to Kerry. Mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely. That drive to think about Kerry, to bring more people to Kerry and then the marketing of it to really push Kerry's brand. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, continue, as I said, continue the work that people were already doing anyway, but do it in a more structured format. What kind of potential do you see from the Kerry Ambassador Programme for the sector? I know you've mentioned about bringing these golf events, but other types of events or even attracting in other businesses to the county. There's huge capacity in Kerry for conferences. So the more conferences we can attract, there are a lot of international conferences that I think would be ideal to bring to the region. We already do, in fairness, there's a huge amount that already comes to Kerry. Lots of it to Killarney. I think Tralee has some capacity as well. If we could get some events in Tralee, I think Kerry people don't really mind once we can get them into Kerry. So I think the pitch almost sells itself, but you still have to go out and sell it, if that makes sense. 
I mean, Kerry is a very attractive place to come and visit for anybody attending a conference because they can do so much around the conference itself. And there's so many tourist opportunities in Kerry, as we know. We've been very good at that for a long, long time. So it's packaging that up and bringing that package to conference organisers and event organisers and say, look, you know, Kerry is an ideal destination for this type of event. We have all the facilities, we've all the infrastructure, we've all the capability, we've all the experience. So why not bring your event to Kerry? And of course, we have an airport out the road, which is very beneficial to us here in Kerry. It is. The airport's fantastic. And of course, you know, encourage people to use it as much as possible. And it's a big benefit for business to have that airport in Kerry. Absolutely. I think maybe once upon a time we were seen as being the outliers in southwest Ireland. But, you know, we mentioned the airport. We're so well connected with Kerry Airport and lucky to have Shannon and Cork airports very close by as well. So it does bring us closer to to the rest of the world and makes us much more accessible, doesn't it? It absolutely does. I responded to a questionnaire about Shannon Airport recently and I suggested that they should change the name of it to Central Ireland International Airport just to give that focus. I think when we fly to the States, we go into Atlanta, say it could take you an hour and a half or two hours to get into the city. JFK sometimes takes two hours to get into Manhattan if you're in a car and stuck in traffic. So from Shannon, you can get nearly anywhere in Ireland within two hours I think we could do a better job of marketing it as, you know, Central Ireland International Airport or something, because it really is a hub to get anywhere within the country very quickly and probably underutilised. Well, look, Sean, we're going to leave it there. Congratulations once again on being named a founding ambassador of the Kerry Ambassador Programme. And thanks for joining me. You're very welcome. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate it. The Kerry Ambassador Programme. Driving economic growth through business events and investment opportunities and raising Kerry's profile as a global business hub. For more, visit kerryconventionbureau.com forward slash Kerry Ambassador.